ladies and gentlemen, welcome to, what is this, episode 15? Yeah, who gives a fuck? Welcome to episode who gives a fuck of Planet Who Gives a Whatever with uh, that one dude and that one guy. I thought we were Paradox and Friends now. No. Paradox and Friends podcast. Ryan changed the name. <laughs> that was never a thing. I thought that was officially endorsed. You're trying to manifest something that doesn't exist. This isn't so a You're talking glizzy. about manifesting glizzies. How about you manifest fucking yourself? Okay. Sorry. I'm here with Go. Gilgamesh, as you guys know. You're enjoying a garlic pizza, and so is Rani Poo. How is that pizza? Mm-hmm. Garlic. Oh my god, you look disgusting eating it. Covered in garlic. Mm-hmm. You look like a hyena that just is eating from a fresh kill. I'm sweating, dude. I'm fucking drenched in sweat. And mozzarella. Is it the pizza or is it the altitude? I think it's a, the adrenaline, to be frank. Last time on the Planet Paradox podcast, we were talking about our boys going on an epic trip to Las Vegas, Nevada. And we also have some breaking news from our boy Gilgamesh that you guys have to stay tuned for. We have so much to talk about, we decided to break it into two segments. So this is part two. Last time, we left off talking about proposing to stilts, right? Yes. And what a beautiful event. And what a beautiful event it was. Um, Rainey, you went with him to the bathroom, and he told you that he had your parents' blessings, which blew our fucking marbles. Take it from there. So he told me that, and then he, like, flashed me the ring real quick. He, like, pulled it out of his pocket and showed it to me. How nice was that ring? Very, very nice. And I was pretty shook. I was holy, like, I was like, holy shit, so this is for real, huh? And he was just like, yeah, it's going down. And um, I just kept it a secret for the rest of the night. I didn't say anything. I just went and hung out with my buddy and his girl because we were splitting the parties. I think it wasn't until the next night that I brought it up to Gilgamesh. And Gilgamesh, you've never heard of such a thing at the time? So the night that they brought it up was at the end of a night of tripping balls, honestly. We were, we were going deep. We were all psychedelic as fuck. We ended up going to a gay bar. Yeah, and it was fun. It was called Piranhas. Piranhas? Because they eat your meat or what? <laughs> Something like that. But supposedly it was like a tranny bar. Mmm. Well, that night it was tranny night because they were like having like a fiesta where they um, celebrated um, transsexuals. Latino trannies. It was just a bar. Was it like X-rated as fuck? Well, because um, of COVID, um, it was very, um, like, social distance. Like, everyone just had to stick to their own table. So it kind of, like, really probably, probably killed the vibe a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That's funny that you guys went to that because one time we were walking the strip and we were taking some dark alleyways. Like, it was bright and colorful and then it just got darker and darker. And I was like, are we going the right way? We were so fucked off and out of our minds. We just kept going, right? Let's just keep going. And uh, the number one rule is when you're lost is to stay where you are, you know? That way help can get to you easier. But we just kept going. And next thing you know, we saw like a random like strip club in the, in the corner, right? And I was like, well, let's go into it. We walk up to it. Tranny strip club. Sorry. We had the greatest night of our lives there. Just kidding. We left. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> we left. But, okay, continue. We had the greatest night of our lives there. <laughs> Yeah, piranhas, we were covered in meat eaters. Oh, wait, did you seriously have the best night of your life there? No, it it was chill. 
I will tell you, it, it was full of like a lot of trannies and gays, and um, I, I was I actually found myself laughing because I saw in the distance some semi-professionally dressed men who were about my same high age and body type just twerking their ass off to um, Lady Gaga, <laughs> and so so yeah, just like imagine myself in their position. I was like, wow, this is hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> By the way, um. I forgot to ask you guys earlier when you were in the Taco Bell cantina, did you eat any Taco Bell food? <laughs> yeah, we ordered all Taco Bell food and it was all I, I Ryan, I don't know about you, but I thought it was all quite good quality. Delicious. Was it fresh, fresh? Hot, fresh, lots of beef, yes. lots of cheese. The lettuce was plentiful, like everything was fresh and clean. Like beautiful Taco Bell. The tortilla still warm. Everything was made to perfection. I had the juiciest, most delicious, cheesy gordita crunch from there. <laughs> Gilgamesh had to get up to go check on Ronnie Ra Pooh because he is balls deep in the vodka bottle. So hopefully this episode two gets to continue. We'll find out here shortly. I mean, part two of the Vegas fiasco. Bad news, Paradox. Ryan's computer died, and he didn't bring his charger. Damn. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah. Well, we knocked out an hour. It sucks because we had a lot of exciting shit to talk about. We didn't get to any of it. Does he have Discord on his phone? I told him he could play it on his phone, but he said his headphones won't work for that. I was scared. I thought he actually passed out or something. He said his audio output jack won't work with that. It's broken. Oh, man. Okay. Well... Hey, you, you can use Discord on my iPhone. We got to finish this episode, man. We got at least a couple topics to cover. Yeah, we got a lot of good things, juicy things to go over. Let me get, let me make sure I have Discord here. Put this pussy right in your face. In the news today, a dung beetle missed a party because he was on duty. You're tuned into Planet Paradox. Hop on top, I wanna ride. I do a kegel while it's inside. Disgusting. I hate the idea of women enjoying themselves while fucking. Ronnie Pooh's back. B -b 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 back. He's back. He's got a ball sack. It's real wet. Ronnie, can you hear us? Yeah, I hear you. Oh, so you're good to go? We're all good? I suppose. Okay. <laughs> How was that pizza, Ranny Poo? It's good. Are you sleepy? I'm very sleepy. Okay. Well, let's, let's, let's finish this pod and you can get all the sleep you can ever want, okay? Let's try and keep it quick. We'll, we'll yeah. stick to the meat and potatoes. Okay. So, tell me about the actual proposal. So, I don't know about you, Ryan, but whenever Jordan told me that he was going <laughs> to propose... He, he he basically said, what do you think we should do? What like I want to make it special, but I don't want to make it <coughs> fucking cheesy or stupid or anything like that. Or like cause too much of a scene? Yeah, he he basically didn't want to cause too much of a scene, but he wanted to like a good proposal idea. And I was like, man, I don't know, but I feel like if you're in Vegas, then you want to do it from the highest point possible. But the day before, we had already went to the stratosphere, so we're like, well, what's other, what else is high up? You know what I mean? Like, 
the stratosphere would have been a good choice, but too late. You know, like you can't yeah, go back there and it. propose on day two. That'd be fucking stupid. So you know? stupid. Yeah, yeah. So you can't do stratosphere. That's off the fucking docket. Oh. <laughs> Rani is so lit right now. <laughs> I told him he should have been doing that too many fucking vodkas. He's just slamming it by himself in there. Rani is gone. Are you zooming? I'm sleepy, dog. Ah, did you guys do it? Let me guess. On the Ferris wheel. Yeah. So we looked up what was the highest places in Vegas. Where could we go that was easily accessible? And you could actually buy a ticket to the tallest Ferris wheel, apparently, in the world. We didn't know that at the time, but we were like, you know what? The Ferris wheel is, like, pretty high up, so that would be a good place to propose. And we, we figured, like, if we went, that we would be on this Ferris wheel chamber with, like, another family or fucking two, whatever. We thought it wouldn't be private, though, you know? We go to this fucking Ferris wheel attraction at this hotel. It's called the High Roller. And I don't know about you, Ryan, but I, I was I had the impression this place was designed to be like a six flag style, like waiting line designed for like lines and lines of people. It was designed to hold like a lot of people waiting in line. But we had this empty ass fucking line. We walked straight to the fucking Ferris wheel. <laughs> what? Yeah, we bought our tickets. We walked straight to the Ferris wheel through lines of lines of like space designed to hold lines of people yeah where there was nobody so that seemed kind of like dead by daylight a little bit like it's like you know what i mean like fucking <laughs> yeah, like yeah. a zombie video game where humanity is fucking retreated but god damn look at this motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> so they're fat pods where you could just stand around and shit on it <laughs> so no 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 because no. you're not just sitting there on a fucking bench are you no, there's pods, bro. They're pods, right? You're right. So so with the high roller, the bunkers that you walk into is like a whole fucking room. There's benches on both sides. There's like a 360-degree glass wall. And you can see all around you. And it's a little nerve-wracking, honestly. Once you get up high, I was like, my knees were shaking. I was a little <laughs> scared. Because I'm scared of heights. So yeah. once, we, once we got past the midline on the Ferris wheel, I was fucking scared. I was nervous the whole time, but I was like, this isn't about me. We're about to, you know, <laughs> fuck. Well, my dudes are about to have a magnificently special moment soon. And I want to be present and I want to not care about myself right now. Yeah. And so I had, I had a, one of their phones ready to take photos and videos. And I knew that what was coming up was going to be magical and important. Yeah. And um, Ryan Lyon walks up to me at one point and actually is like, hey, dude, I need your help. I need you to distract Stilts because he needs to get the ring out of the bag. And Stilts is fucking just focused on fuck on uh, <laughs> Jordan right now. And um, I was like, OK, OK. So I, I told Hey, look, it's Trump Tower. <laughs> like, you can see Trump Tower from here. How magical. <laughs> so we're just looking at Trump Tower. He's like. Yeah, dude. I was like, I wonder how their taco bowls are. Nice distraction. And in the background, Ryan Lyon and Jordan are fucking pulling out the ring. Seconds later, Jordan's like, hey, Stilts. I'm trying to fuck. <laughs> no, he's like, yeah. 
No, he, he does like a really beautiful, heartfelt, private monologue that I won't share with anyone. But yeah, basically they shared a private conversation and he talked about how he had sought the blessing of our family and that we had all granted that blessing. And um... <laughs> OK, OK, righty. Wake your fucking ass up, dude, right now. Ryan, there's still some coffee. Get in the zone, dude. There's coffee. Come get it. This is your podcast. You're being dramatic right now. Dead. <laughs> I'm, fucked, I'm fucked up, dude. Oh, yeah, you've been drinking. That's right. I don't want no coffee. Are you standing up? No. Sit the fuck down. <laughs> You hardly fit in that bathroom. <laughs> Try laying in the bathtub. <laughs> well, just keep breathing and keep drinking water, okay? Ryan's fully descending. He's becoming a goddamn fucking a subhuman. Take your coffee with you at least. Ryan got in the bathtub. How much more comfortable is that? I feel like I can fall asleep in here. Okay, so just relax, but don't fall asleep. If you fall asleep, you are a, a bitch ass, okay? So just enjoy yourself. You want me to bring you your coffee? That's a yes, dude. <laughs> Get that motherfucker some coffee. So yeah, Ronnie's over here laying down in the bathtub, ladies and gentlemen. That is dedication if I've ever seen it. Do you want to continue with, with the, the rest of the story to keep your brain occupied, Ryan Lyon? So we were drinking dirty mop water. What's it called? Um, it's called uh, LA water. Gilgamesh, do you know what he's talking about? I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a serial killer in your little video, Gilgamesh. You look like you have an axe that has seen the blood of young women along the interstate. You can't even see Gilgamesh. Wee, he's rolling his eyes back right now. This is spooky, which is okay because it's spooky time. It's October, and I'm in the spirit, by the way. So, the proposal. It was beautiful. Did he do it at the very top? We were at the peak of our fucking orgasm. <laughs> that is great. And that is like a Disney movie, Where? if you ask me. Yeah, it honestly was magical. And, um, yeah, he, he did he did uh, propose at the absolute pinnacle of the Ferris wheel. And uh, we took photos, and it felt like a oh, magical oh, fucking oh, moment that we oh, were like... Oh. Privilege to be in the vicinity of, basically. Damn. That is amazing to hear. I love Stilt so much. I love Jordan so much. And it's just, it's great. And I'm glad it's as magical as they made it look. I was like, it's going to be hard to top this shit. And uh, it's hard to come up with a proposal idea, I think. If you have nothing else, go up high. Go up high. I never went over the hardest I've ever went in Vegas. Go ahead. We didn't go too hard. We didn't. Yeah. We chilled. So let me tell this story about Vegas, and then we'll move on to the grand surprise that Gilgamesh has been holding back for weeks. So wake your bitch ass up, Ronnie. Okay. So I was in Las Vegas for EDC. Me and my girlfriend, we flew there, right? And our friends who went with us, they drove. They took an epic road trip. When we get there, I told my friends, listen, as soon as we get to Vegas, let's relax. Let's get all the energy we need for this three days of nonstop raving 
all your senses being rocked to the very max. So we meet up with them. And then we meet up with my brother, Jijo. And <laughs> you guys are fucks. They're just doing the craziest shit on camera right now, ladies and gentlemen. Here's a, a sound sample of it. Uh, oh. Ryan, your nipples are very pink, dude. Oh. Why are you so irritated, man? So that's a little sample of what I have to deal with. But uh, So I get to Vegas, and we meet up with C-Dub. <laughs> Don't be pitching that nipple tip. <laughs> you said I'm a bitch. <laughs> do you want to hear the story? Do you want to fondle your motherfucking nipples on a podcast? People can't see this but us. You're just scarring our minds, you fucknut. Buffum. Buffum. Continue, please. One word is all he needs to say, and that's what makes you so great, Ronnie, because you get straight to the point. Barbecue sauce. So we get to Vegas and we meet up with everybody. And I. <laughs> we get there. Ryan's in a bad tub right now. He's gone off the deep end. We lost this motherfucker. Are you okay, Ryan? <laughs> He's gone full. <laughs> you handled that better than I would have. Dude, you become a bear glove. He's holding a bottle of shampoo and licking it. Okay, anyway. I didn't know I had that flavor. That's deep forest smell. So we go to Vegas and we meet up with everybody. And the first thing we do is hit the strip, right? I decide for the fuck of it, why not pop an X pill? So I popped an X pill. Rolling fucking balls. Dude, this restroom is filthy. Wash it then. We walk this strip up and down, drinking, rolling balls, and eventually me and my group, we split. We split off into two different sections. Because some people wanted to go to sleep, and some people wanted to keep going. I went with the people who wanted to sleep. We lay down, and everyone falls asleep instantly. And I'm just sitting there wide awake, staring at the ceiling. And I lay there for hours, zooming. Would you consider yourself a meth head actor? Meth head actor, right then and there. Next thing I knew, daylight. Everybody waking up. EDC happens. Same thing times 20. Get fucked off beyond human comprehension to the most sensational, insane, mind-warping event ever going on around you. Which ends at 7 in the morning. So still going, no sleep since I flew into Vegas. Stood up through the night, rolling balls. All day in Vegas. All night, EDC and then finally crashed. It was insane. I, I slept like a motherfucker. I didn't eat anything. I wasn't eating anything at all. Maybe some fruit here or there, but it was the hardest I've ever went. And um, I'm surprised. I mean, yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. Does that wrap up Vegas, guys? Yeah, absolutely. We went on to Vegas for like fucking an hour and a half. Riney, open your fucking eyes right now. Open your fucking <laughs> eyes and keep them open. Dude, he looks like Uncle Marcos, dude. <laughs> you do not look like Uncle Marcos at fuck. Whoa. Wait a second. He looks like his eyes are full of carbohydrates. <laughs> you, you know what's crazy, Ryan? At the angle you're laying, and if I squint my eyes, you look like Cousin Damien did a fusion dance with Dan Dizzle. 
<laughs> I give up on life, bro. Natasha. Are you fucked the fuck off right now, Ryan? Are you faded or just sleepy? Both of them. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to the grand finale that Gilgamesh <laughs> wanted to talk about, okay? Dude, I feel like it's not even a fucking... Who gives a shit at this point? I'm looking at Ryan's <laughs> stomach. I'm, I'm out of my mind right now. Ryan, stay there. Let me take a picture of that. Yeah, please. Pose for one second. Um, Nice abs, though, dude. You're working, huh? I see you. I see you, dude. You shrank that gut. His gut's normally bigger than that, Paradox. Oh, That's so you've been impressive. working on it? Yeah, that looks quite good, honestly. You're doing good, Ryan. Yeah, he used to have a fat, fat tum-tum, and now he's just got a medium tum-tum, and that's nice. Gilgamesh, would you like to go ahead and take over this next segment? I do have some more topics we could talk about, by the way, unless Ryan, just can't handle it. Dude, fuck your topics, dude. I'm just kidding. Dude, I, I did that joke before, and I actually thought, you know what? Your topics are actually always good, and I want to acknowledge that. Aww. Thanks. There, there's something else I got to acknowledge as well. But let's do your thing. Hamburger. Go ahead and acknowledge that shit. I'm just playing. No. In the last podcast, I kept getting off topic, right? That was the thing. I kept getting off topic. Yeah. And at one point, I talk, <laughs> at one point, I talk about racing my brother Gijo. Remember that? Yeah, it got real deep for a second. And I talk about how I beat him and it was sad. Well, I never got to the part to where I said, I raced him again recently. Oh. And he destroyed my ass. Gijo, wow! when I raced him that one time, he was going through his, I guess, quote unquote, you can call it his fat phase. Is that a thing? I see. Yeah, no, yeah. You can go through a phase where you're just like lazy. He's going through what Ryan's going through right now. Look at that. In a bathtub, greased up. In a bathtub. He's in the walrus pit right now. Put the gun Ryan's away, you fuck. full on in the walrus pit. Put the walrus pit away, you fuck. Ryan, do you want more sticks of butter? Not only did he smoke me in a foot race, he arm wrestled both me and my buddy Roy right at the <laughs> same time and beat oh, us. Shit. You need to save that for your OnlyFans or for our like premium content. <laughs> Yuck. Ryan's on one. <laughs> Randy is on one. You need to wake up, though, and be on one. Because right now, you're hilarious. We can't let this go to sleep. Yeah, be awake and on one. Okay. Drink some of that coffee, Ryan. It'll help. I have to drive home after this shit, dude. I know that coffee. Grab that coffee, man. It helps. Balance. We're talking about Gijo. I put you a coffee in the bathroom, Ryan. Gijo... Oh, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> He's sad because I, I acknowledge that there's a coffee next to him that he can have. Oh, nice. Yeah, take a big chug of it, you fuck. Drink that coffee, man. No, I accidentally uh, spilled water all over myself. <laughs> well, at least you're in a tub. That's a good situation for that to occur. So cold, dude. How's your back? My nipples are so tender. Let's not act like those ain't pierced, you thought. Dude. Look, the whole fucking water hose falling. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, <sh> <laughs> 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 no, don't 
over you, you fuck. Drink some of the water. Ren's being bukkake by a robot right now. Mattel Electronics presents... Not the first time, not the last time, right, Ronnie? Or maybe the first time, but not the last time. This is his first time, I think. Speaking of which, I got bukkake by plants recently. By plants? This is a true story. By ferns, dude. Was it one of your many forest trips you guys go on, your little hikes? Exactly. We're out in the forest, and um, I was shaking a couple of uh, ferns, and they're squirting pollen all over the place. <laughs> so they were jizzing on you. <laughs> there was a lot of pollen. Yeah, it got all over me, and I was like, dude, <laughs> is, this, is this like plant <laughs> Show your gut again so I can make a snap for you, just your legs and your gut. Oh yeah, the other angle, the other angle's excellent. That's the top-down view. Yeah, right there. See, this yeah. is the view that you send to a girl that you like, right? <laughs> you send this to a broad, and you want to impress. <laughs> that is so funny. That is so great. <laughs> Yuck. Okay, 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 okay. Get back to your face. This is too distracting. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Dude, I gotta be honest with both of you. I ate a pan of mac and cheese last night. It's night? You fat bitch. <laughs> Do you have diarrhea or anything? No, dude, my shits come out solid and logular. Gorgeous. That's nice to hear. Well, since Ryan has died, I'm gonna go ahead and just talk about something exciting I've been working on for the last couple months. It's your mom's ass. <laughs> I was gonna use that on Ryan when he was being deep. <laughs> What'd you say? What'd you say that was deep earlier, Ryan? Right? Your mom. <laughs> no, when you whenever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you fucking bitch! I hate you. <laughs> whenever you were talking about your little stroke, oh shit! I was gonna be like, you know what part you forgot about it? Your mama's your ass, mama. but it was too deep, and I saw tears in your eyes. Oh, shit. It was deeper than your mama's ass? <laughs> too deep. That won it. You killed my ass. Bravo, good sir. Listen to that crowd go. Um, okay, so um, Gilgamesh, what is the breaking news? Nobody even gives a fuck. I'm not talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just plug it. It don't have to be long. Just plug it at least. No, so... Has anyone ever watched Death Clock? <laughs> I watched a few episodes, yes. It was like a Adult Swim special where there was this uh, death metal band from Scandinavia, and there's a morbidly obese American bass guitarist, and he kind of has Ryan's body type. <laughs> and uh, he, he desperately wants people to piss on him or kill him because he has low self-esteem. So that's kind of how I approach my writing process. I want you to piss on my book. No, I'm just kidding. So the <laughs> Dude, I don't feel you. <laughs> I feel like Ryan's on the right mindset for this at all. <laughs> nah, fuck it. What better situation to introduce this book at than right now? Fuck it. So I wrote a book. I wrote a book over the last year. I basically started this in 2019, and it was the idea that I wanted to create a universe, a universe that represents Ryan's belly button. Harry, 
And the center Put of- Put that thing away. You should get criminal yeah. charges for showing that in public. So the reason I'm saying this is because we're using Discord and I see the video and Ryan's doing very suggestive belly button shots. Ryan is showing My some friend. nasty shots. The angles, <laughs> the, angles are, the, the angles are supreme, dude. Go back. Go back. <laughs> Ryan knows angles better than anybody, dude. That was the best angle I've ever seen of you. <laughs> Fuck this story, dude. I go. Oh my god. Oh my god, oh my god dude. Hold up, Ryan. <laughs> That's the best angle. Ryan, say something. Suwoo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you are lit. You are too lit. You are too lit. Okay. <laughs> it moved like a pussy creature. Like a fucking tremor. It looks oh like a fucking wop, dude. <laughs> That's what my. a wop looks like. <laughs> Don't ever do that, dude. Don't ever do that. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I will kill myself next time I see that angle. <laughs> That's the one angle, Ryan, that you should have demand that shows at your funeral. <laughs> you know that meme? Where it's like uh, what you see versus what she sees. <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> demand demand that that photo from that angle with you shirtless I can't is at your funeral. Uh, oh, it's gonna be nice. <laughs> My abs are burning. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you are a beast. Oh, my face hurts, dude. The way you make it gyrates, like it's so disgusting and seductive at the same time. You know what's crazy is Ryan has what I consider a normal guy body type, but 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 you can make yourself look like a disgusting creature if, at the right Ryan angle. Ryan has a, a bear bod. Yeah, you're a bit of an otter, is what the gays would say. You're an otter? I thought you were more of a wombat. I'm a more of a mollusk. He's a mollusk. <laughs> They have to crack your rigid outer shell before they <laughs> penetrate your tender bitterments. Personally, I think you're a crustacean because your balls are a little crusty. Dude, don't you pull my nuts like that right now. This second podcast is off the rails already. It's okay. It's okay. And it's great. But just go ahead and finish what you were saying, Gilgamesh. <laughs> just stop fucking around. Right? <laughs> I'm not going to censor that one. That one's funny. <laughs> Ryan's been on one to all tonight. All right. The previous podcast was a mess, and I hope everyone votes Ryan off the island. But, um, <laughs> he's back in the bathroom. <laughs> okay. I I'm going to try and pretend Ryan's not fucking around like crazy right now. Cause it's Ryan, that's what I did when you were acting he's like a fuck face, too. You did it, too. You're right. So what you're, are right you you're right. You're right, dude. But Ryan's hilarious <laughs> right now. Ryan's killing the game. He's he's currently showing how gross my bathtub is. He's showing he's showing the stains. He's Ugh. showing the stains. You are it. disgusting. You know what? Fuck both of you. You are and... disgusting. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't have someone who cleans up after me. You're a baby fucking boy. pig. Do you clean your own fucking bathtub, Paradox? You don't, you motherfucker. I could tell you this. No, I'm a clean person. I'm a clean person. You don't scrub that bathtub. I don't.
But Ryan, fuck that's you, still bad. Fuck you, dude. You see what you did, Ryan? That's still bad, and you're a fucking pig. Okay, when's the last time you scrubbed your own bathtub, dude? When did you do it last? Today for me. Years. Yeah, that's right. You always had fucking mama bear there to fucking take care of you, so fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Um, fortunately, my girlfriend is a clean freak. I told her, like, we could be a little more dirty. Don't goddamn show in my sink, you motherfucker. <laughs> oh, God. Paradox, stop. Don't look at it. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> stop looking at my dookie rings. Gilgamesh is get, or uh, Ronnie Lion is giving a cribs tour of the bathroom. Dude, that's, that's a pizza <laughs> place. That's your pizza <laughs> place. That does not count. Ronnie, this can we please get to his dude. announcement? Uh, we've been trying fake news. To... This is Ren's fake news. ruined it. Ren's is... ruined my announcement and fuck my book. Kill me. Dude, get like a. Dude, he's showing you my dirty other sink. He's showing you all the worst parts of me. Look at, he's embarrassing me fully. He's deeply humiliating me. He's showing you all my filth. Like he's he's smearing my face in it. I'm just a fat pig, rolling in my own shit. I'm sorry. That's like behind the scenes madness. Okay, so that got a little intense for the audio listeners. None of you will know what just happened, but there was a video tour of my house. Ryan just showed everyone all the dirtiest corners of my home. And if you were to walk into my house, these are the parts that I would try and conceal from you, hopefully. But he just showed them to us, all three. I think Paradox has never seen this side of me, and he's he looks uncomfortable like his if. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm having a good time. And honestly, I don't think it's too bad. Oh, my God. Look at that. That's, that's kind of gross. My, that's kind of gross. I ash my joints on the cooler. It's just ashes. Oh, okay, just... that's okay. I thought it was like grime. You know, like that grime. I'm going to. Okay, that is grime. <laughs> That's okay. Ryanie, fuck. Ryanie, sit the fuck down in the tub, you son of a bitch. He's judging me, dude. I'm not judging you. No, Ryan is a... Ryanie, stop judging him, you fuck nut. I like to take a hot bath, and that's all my filth that sticks on the walls. Why don't you stick your head in that running water and put it on hot, you, you jerk? Ryan, it won't come off. It's a thick layer of grease. It's going to take some Dawn and some extra powerful soap. You can't just rinse that darkness off. He's trying to rinse the darkness off. It won't. So the announcement I'm trying to make is I published a book on my own, and it took us several months of work. Ryan's currently trying to wash the scum continue, off Continue, continue. So several months of work, and I got to tell you guys, I have read through some of the rough drafts that are in incorporated into his book, and the way you word things, the way your sentence is structured, the descriptions you use, they are amazing, and you should be very, very fucking proud of yourself. And I told him I need two copies, one signed from him that I'm just going to have to hold on to and to keep forever, a legendary loot item, if you will, and then one that I'm going to read through, fuck around with. It'll probably get bent, this and that, so on and so forth. This is so fucking exciting. Um, you've been wanting to write a book for, has it been your whole life, Gilgamesh? I wouldn't say my whole life, but I think it does really go back to our recent podcast where we talked about my first K-trip. And that's whenever I, I encountered the poster of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. 
So I have to be honest, my first writing inspiration ever was Hunter S. Thompson, and he is the character that that movie is inspired by. He's an author, a journalist, and a writer. Hunter Thompson is an author, first and foremost. He's also a journalist. He's a writer. He wrote fiction. He wrote real work as well. So I take a lot of inspiration from him. I also take a lot of inspiration from Jordan Peterson, who talks about existence and reality and psychology and mythology and all that. So my idea was I want to tell I want to tell my own version of mythology from start to finish. And so I I had the idea that I want to create a universe and I want to already know how the universe ends and how the universe begins. And so I thought, what better place to start than the origin of this universe? with a choose-your-own-adventure story that affects the outcomes of the rest of the universe. So that's what this story is. My first story is called A Dance on the Edge, Hunter's Passage. And what it is, is it's a story that contains three unique characters that have their own quest to pursue. Each one is focused on a different theme. One is on strength, one is on courage, and one is on wisdom. And each of them faces a different trial that kind of tests that idea against humanity itself. So in one of them, just to give an example, one of the ones that I'm most proud of. Imagine that you are the main character in this story and you meet the love of your life. And she has magical abilities that shows you all the past lives, parallel and otherwise, that you have shared with them before. And so you experience all these other love lives that you experience with this individual. You meet them, they show you a magical portal into all the other existences that you have shared with them. And you realize this is the love of your life right here in front of you. But you're also made aware of some cosmic truth that you have to choose between that individual, the love of your life, or reality itself. Being forced to choose between saving the world or the love of your life. Who would you choose? Would you choose family? Would you choose love over existence itself? It's almost a sacrifice beyond sacrificing yourself. It's asking you to sacrifice someone you love, which I think is even harder to make. That's a decision that's even harder to make than it is to sacrifice yourself because you're taking away someone else's fate. And that's the ultimate decision faced by the character in my first book that I think faces the hardest decision of all the characters and that is the most consequential decision in the book. And it all ties into the universe itself and it's gonna decide how other books in the series go. So this book is the origin story for a series and the series is gonna take place viewed in snapshots in different places in time and space. So it'll be, you know, thousands of years in the future when the next character's stories pop pop up. Yeah. Or it might be at the end of existence itself when the next character story pop up. I might fast forward all the way to the end. I don't know. But the idea is that we're going to explore this shared universe. And the universe is going to have parallel realities in which magic either does or does not exist. And that will depend on the actions of the characters that occur in this first book that I've published. So this first book is really the setup for the rest of all of my books in which there's going to be realities in which magic does or does not exist, realities in which magic is overburdening everything, realities yeah. in which the order and the sterilization of existence is becoming more the norm than the magical side. 
So order versus chaos is going to be a real big theme in all my books, and, and it's all about the universe itself. And everything in this universe, it's not going to be a choose-your-own-adventure, right? It's going to be all kinds of books and stuff. Exactly. So the first book in the series is a choose-your-own-adventure. Yes. But I want to make it clear that this is a series which is going to contain multiple types of stories. I am starting with a choose-your-own-adventure. That's the origin of the series, and really, that's on purpose because I want all the readers to feel that they get to decide what the future is for this particular series. So we're not dealing with a Harry Potter or a Game of Thrones type of series here. We're dealing with something entirely different where there's all these truths that are all simultaneously true in parallel. And so what we're going to get is beautiful snapshots into the future where magic doesn't exist and technology reigns supreme or magic was allowed to flourish and so technology is existing side by side with magical concepts like dragons orcs elves dwarves all coexisting with high altitude laser cannons and and orbital defense systems and space marines who are also orcs who are having a gay love affair on the battlefield like this shit is gonna happen in my realms you know what i'm saying like i'm yes. creating a world where i'm combining science fiction with high fantasy with the idea that high fantasy was actually just aliens the whole time so elves orcs dwarves fucking um all the different elder races of fantasy are actually just aliens and they live in the andromeda galaxy but they were perceived as magic because they were so far beyond exactly but in our universe if magic ceases to be then they're gonna seem more like just aliens but if we're in the other parallel universe where magic flourished, they're going to be the classical orcs and elves of tradition. I see. But so so basically it's going to be like, are, do we view them as aliens or do we view them as the older races of arcane magic? And, and is this a universe where magic exists and the universe will get to reset? Or is this a universe where magic was canceled out because of the decisions in book one? said that reality will end at the end of this because the characters in book one get to decide if the big bang leads to either the big crunch or the big freeze now what i mean by that is if you look into astrophysics scientists have determined that at the end of reality all of matter is gonna either result in a big freeze or a big crunch what is a big freeze? Well, that means all matter in the universe will float so far away from each other that it will no longer be able to react. That means that existence, for all intents and purposes, will reach equivalent distribution across space and time. And that means all molecules will be equivalently far apart from each other and unable to interact. If that happens, existence itself would cease to be. We would all fade out into a field of equivalently distributed molecules unable to interact with each other. Very depressing and very dark. Perfect order. And very cold. That would be the end in the bad way. Now, scientists believe that there's something called the big crunch that happens at the end of every universal cycle. And what that means is that once all the matter gets nearly equivalently distributed, there's an issue caused by the quantum nature of reality. Quantum in itself means that one and zero, that is positive and negative, or presence and absence, exist in the same plane. So that means that it is both there and not at all times. 
it's hard for us to comprehend a concept like quantum existence, but quantum existence allows for particles to be both there and not there at the same time. So what the theory postulates is that once equivalent distribution of matter were to be achieved, so that would be entropy of the universe, all matter has achieved perfect order and will die. Nothing can interact with each other. There will be no more chemical reactions. Yeah. Now, what would need to happen for that to change state would be called quantum tunneling. And what that would require is for two particles to coordinate with each other from across space-time, across vast swaths of space. And scientists have postulated that every particle has some kind of a paired equivalent somewhere in the universe. It could be millions of light years away. It could be in the opposite end of existence. And when you move one, the other one moves identically. Now, for information to travel across that vast quantity of space Unbelievably is impossible. impossible. It is impossible. So it literally breaks physics itself. But it's true because it's a quantum mechanic. So when two particles link, it creates a quantum tunnel. It creates an information link between the two. What the theory is, is that once equivalent distribution has occurred, they need one quantum link to set off a quantum chain reaction. Basically where all the molecules, all the particles link to their quantum pair on the opposite part of the universe. And that causes a gravitational interaction between particles. This allows them to recollect. It would take vast, vast amounts of time, but it, they would eventually recollect because the links that they form with each other would bring them just close enough to where their magnetic and gravitational forces could again interact with each other. It would literally be a very, very slow rebirth of existence and what would happen is that all the particles would collect back together into a single point that would become so hyper focused that it would result in the big bang and reset existence itself that's the good ending that's what happens if you succeed in my book rinse wash and repeat and if you read in the news it was recently released the Nobel physicists, the physicists who won the Nobel Prize, have recently announced that's what exactly what they believe happens. And I swear to God, I wrote this book before this article came out. And it really aligns up a lot with what the Nobel physicists were talking about, which I think is fantastic that it, it, it's just sci science fiction aligning with reality on accident. That's insane. Yeah, I read that and it blew my fucking mind. And your book was ahead of that discovery. So bravo, good sir. Did you find yourself crafting a universe? Did you find it to be way trickier than you imagined it would be to like craft a universe where everything's set in stone and everything works a certain way? Did you find yourself constantly having to backtrack and fix things or did it go surprisingly smooth for you? I think that the unique thing about the way that I've built this particular universe is how flexible it is. I can really just retcon anything because I'm working in parallels. I'm looking I'm working in cancelable existences, you know. And so I can literally create a reality in which the AI took over completely. Humanity was extinguished and now there's an AI entity leading the soulless part of existence, you know, the the Milky Way galaxy. All the intelligent beings from the Milky Way galaxy are artificial in, in nature rather than biological in nature. I could spin a possible future where that is what happens. So it leaves so much freedom. I, I've already got an idea that I think I'm going to use the uh, the idea that Elon's... What is it? Neuralink? Neuralink? Yeah, the idea that Neur 
Elon's Neuralink device will allow us to communicate with the AI and allow us the opportunity to merge with them and that they are going to eventually view themselves as sort of a Vatican entity, so sort of like a powerful religious organization, is eventually going to overpower humanity itself, and they will have no no choice but to form basically a peace treaty with them, known as the Solus Concordat, and that is going to be basically the most powerful entity in all of the Milky Way galaxy, and they're going to take control of all the sentient races in the Milky Way galaxy. God damn. Versus the Andromedan races, which are going to be more like Oryx elves, the traditional high fantasy races that you would expect. They all live in the Andromeda galaxy, but they're just like basically races from different planets. They're not fantasy characters. They're actually races from different planets. So we're dealing with aliens versus the traditional fantasy trope. So I'm blending high fantasy with science fiction in a lot of ways, and it's really fun. So being a an author who's doing... Uh, a choose-your-own-adventure, obviously that's going to involve a lot more writing than your linear standard book. How many hours did you put into this project? And did you find yourself thinking to yourself, God damn, doing a multi-path book like this is a lot more work than I thought it would be? Yeah, there's multiple times when I felt like, am I fucking making a mistake? Why am I doing the most complicated version of a story possible? Mm-hmm. Like, this is the most complicated version of writing a goddamn story you could do because you have to keep track. I thought it was up there. Yeah, because I have. So, this book, if you don't know, it has three characters in it, and each of them has multiple different lines that you could go down. So, there's at least two major quest lines on each character that you could pursue. And with each quest line, each of them spiders out in so many different ways. So, so depending on what you do, you can end up hallucinating in the woods or having yourself lasered to bits you know like there's 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 so many outcomes so many outcomes and it's just so fun to write the deaths it's fun to write the successes the victories speaking of deaths really quick can you go ahead and give me one example of one of your descriptions of death you have so many good ones give me one of your favorite yeah definitely there's so many man and I, i try to get like very descriptive then the cold of the void bestowed upon their flesh or some shit like that it was blowing my mind the way you described it i'll give you one of the more comedic deaths that you might encounter early on if you were to purchase the book or to read it so we'll go ahead and start with the beginning of this character so uh hold on sorry let me find the right spot are you okay ronnie he's done for dude Just as long as he's not, you know what I mean? He's he vomiting his own nutsack. You know what I mean? Make sure he's turning aside if he's vomiting in the bathtub, that fuck face. He went to go check on Ryan, who is passed out in the bathtub off of vodka he was chugging. He, he's just sleeping in the uh, chair. Okay, good. I'm going to ask him to stay the night, but I don't think he will. Well, if he doesn't, he needs uh, to get home safe some way because he's obviously too fucked off. I'll try to get him an Uber, but he'll deny it. He'll, he wants to drive home. Crazy ass. But yeah, you were talking about your book? Okay. So I'll go ahead and go over one of the deaths. It was as though time itself slowed when Embla reached down and began to lift the sausage to her lips. In a meat-crazed frenzy, you whip out your hand, lightning quick, deftly as the tongue of a chameleon. 
You tear the sausage between Embla's teeth just as she bites down into thin air with gritted teeth. The unmistakable clack of bone against bone sounds out as the villagers grow quiet in shock of your antics. You laugh as you see the pained look on Embla's face brooding and nursing her jaw. Embla's face has flooded with the hot blood of a humiliated demon. You chuck the sausage up in the air, cocking your head back with a wide open maw. You allow yourself the slightest smirk at the corners of your mouth as the porky tube plunges, frictionless, straight into your throat. Only, the sausage never went any further than into your throat and the terror of being unable to breathe comes to the forefront of your mind. You stand up and stumble about the feast hall, knocking over the decorative pewter meat jugs and platters of pastries, looking about frantically to see Embla's amused face watching from among a crowd of horrified onlookers. As your face turns a deep violet, your vision begins to fade. You feel a terrible dread, then only warmth and sweet nothingness as the darkness consumes you. Ah. The end. That gives me goosebumps, dude. That was beautiful. And that is only one of so many goddamn deaths that you can experience. Like One of many multiple paths that you will take in this book. It's a choose-your-own-adventure. We've all done it, and we've all wondered, why aren't there more? I think it's because it's a lot of work, but it pays off. It's a pain in the ass to write one of these. But what I would say is if I was playing one of these, I want to I want to see all the deaths. And uh, if I was you, if you think it leads to a death, just pick it because it's so fun to read the death. And then just go back a page. It's so easy. Swipe back a page. No big deal. It's kind of like in Mass Effect. You know, you have different ways of playing that game. You could be good. You could be bad. Neutral. You play through it multiple times to see all the paths. It's just like that. I love that you brought up Mass Effect because one thing that I want to commit to is that I am going to stick to traditional character tropes and stuff. You know, there's traditional hero stories and shit like that. And sometimes you got to reward a good guy for doing something good. But I do want to throw in some curveballs here and there where maybe you're like, oh, what does it mean to be courageous? Well, maybe it is you charge right in. Well, maybe that's not courage. Maybe that's stupidity. Exactly. So maybe you should sneak around the side. Maybe that's true courage. Because you had the intelligence and foresight to prepare your battle tactic. And so it's like, are you a pussy if you plan and strategically attack yeah. versus run out into the open like a goddamn idiot? So I, I play with I play with these kind of ideas with the characters themselves. So I, I want you to think about Fenrir's thing at face. When you look at my first character, Fenrir, you think, oh, I'm just a guy fighting a bunch of orcs. He's just a brawler, a barbarian. But the true metaphor for Fenrir is that no matter which outcome you go with if you don't get help he loses every time oh wow he loses every time if he doesn't have help so is that a spoiler maybe it's a spoiler but I don't think it's obvious and it's not something that um even if you hear that you still kind of like could play the story and and kind of understand how like this character maybe doesn't need a hand right here but maybe he does you you don't know yeah so so it's a lesson about how strength maybe it doesn't depend on the individual, but maybe it depends on your friends. And and then um with the others they all explore different kind of themes as well. Now I'm gonna put this in the description of this episode, but where can we find it? 
go to Amazon.com, just look for A Dance on the Edge or Hunter's Passage, either of those and or both of those, you'll find my book. I believe it's live for both paperback as well as for ebook. Personally, I would prefer if you all would purchase the ebook. It is, uh, it's only $2.99. That is the cheapest you can price it and still get a reasonable deal on Amazon when you publish an ebook. Yeah. Um, and then with the uh, publishing cost, it, it, it was about 9 bucks, so I just bumped it up to $9.99. And that is the uh, for the print version. But I'll be honest, the royalty that I get for the ebook and for the print are almost identical. And the print is an inferior version of the experience, I would say. Okay. I think the ebook is the way to go. Because when you open up the ebook, you can actually get to the bottom of each paragraph and it'll say go to page, etc. You can click go to page and it will take you there. So easy. The convenience. It's like a video game in that sense. So when you're yeah. playing the ebook, you can literally click to go to the next part. And if you don't like the result, it's all in order, so you can just go back a couple pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Swipe to the right. Oh my god. So, so you can reverse, you can go back a couple pages if you want to be a cheater. The idea of the game is that if you die, you should start from the very beginning and play it again. Okay. But um, uh, I'm not going to tell anyone how to play. I, I don't play that way. I like to play through, and if I die, I'm like, oh, I love it. I go back, and then I play the other route. This is fucking insane that you have a published book on motherfucking Amazon. Yeah. and, and I, I followed your account, by the way, so I'll be ready for the upcoming ones you make eventually. That's great, man. The next one's going to be a um, – it's going to be not exactly a direct sequel. It's going to be a sequel that you couldn't fast-forward to the farthest point from. It's like a sequel fast-forwarded to the end of existence itself, and that's the only clue I'll give for the next book. Damn. It's going to be about – basically as far forward in time as you can go i cannot believe Rainy Pooh just fucked off like that that's okay he was chugging that fucking vodka so i'm really not too surprised i knew early on he was going to be useless to us this whole pod pod <laughs> i knew early on <laughs> the disappointment in gilgamesh's eyes right now ladies and gentlemen anyway so i've said we can go ahead and we can end it there sounds good man thank you so freaking much for tuning in to Planet Paradox. Gilgamesh, any last words? Leedle-leedle-lee. Rodney Pooh, any last words? Oh, wait. He's snoring in my He's fucking bathroom. snoring in the fucking bathtub. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs>